welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 21 of the Go For Two podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. We're bringing in 2020 hot and on fire with this episode. I got my buddy, my pal, my friend, Lucas here with me. Lucas, how are you? Doing right? I am playoff bound. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Don't rub it in too much on me. Playoff bound. I'm upset. We'll talk about a hometown heroes later, but I'm upset. But I, I've come to terms. I've come to grips. I understand that the Cowboys are not in the playoffs, and I understand that we're going to be looking for a new head coach. But before we we talk about new head coaching vacancies, and as there, I think there's going to be quite a few in the NFL this year. Me and Lucas thought it would be fun since we're ending the decade. <coughs> excuse me, and bringing in a brand new one. We thought it would be a little fun, a little uh, whimsical, if you shall, uh, to uh, talk about our top three players, or top players, excuse me, of the decade of the 2010s. Yeah, real quick. All right. We, at first, it was like pick one player, and then it was like, <coughs> Jackson was like, all right, we'll just do top three. Well, I couldn't just choose top three. So, like, I had multiple players for each spot, and Jackson got offended. Lucas has so, poor decision-making skills. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I've got, you know, poor decision-making skills, but I make the decision on every topic every week. Listen, except for you, like you, one. you insist, and I, I don't get in your way. 21 episodes. 20, yeah, this episode's 21. <clears throat> 21, 21. Mitchell Lucas? All right. Um, you go first. I you have three first. players, so I'll go through them a little bit quicker. You said you were going to do more. <laughs> I thought about it, but then it was, then I just decided to go with my original three, okay? Because I think these are three solid names for the 2010 decade, all right? You ready for me to hit well, you with them? You said you're going to go deeper than me. And this is like, this is favorite players, by the way, for anyone that wants to know. This ain't like, oh, most dominating stuff like that. I went into like significant contributions into like, to the NFL, to the brand, and to dominance as well. Um, Jesus. Also, also some players that are that I add that I admire, um, especially since the 2010s uh, decade. It's weird to say that we're in a new decade, 2020. Dear God. All right, number one, uh, and this is in no specific order, by the way. This is just three players. First one, JJ uh, uh, Watt. JJ Watt, of course, um, kind of you know dominant defensive end. He has to be double teamed. Almost every play. He's been out recently. He's got a torn peck this year. Um, he actually should be back for the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I know. Isn't that scary? But, um, yeah, uh, dominant player. He has done a lot for his community with his different outreach programs, especially after Hurricane RV. So, J.J. Watt, special perennial player from the 2010s. <clears throat> Number two, uh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was probably perhaps the most dominant back I've ever seen, especially over the early, his early period of his career when he was with Minnesota. Um, Didn't he beat someone? Might have beaten us a couple times. No, no. Like, didn't he like beat his kid or something? Yeah, we we won't, we won't get into or that. His wife. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just saying. It was his kid, well, I think. Influential in the, in a positive <laughs> and a negative way, folks. Yeah, it, no, it was his kid. But yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson, he was a must-have fantasy running back, number one pick for several years in a row. Um, it took oftentimes two to three people to bring him down. Um, led the league in rushing multiple years. AP, um, dominant back. Uh, number three, and he's really, good, yeah, he's still good. Torched us for a little bit earlier today um, as we're recording this podcast. 
number number three, really number one in all of our hearts, needs no introduction. The goat himself, Tom Brady. Uh, over the course of the twenty ten, over the course of this decade, <coughs> he has submitted himself as the greatest player of all time, as well as the greatest uh, quarterback. Uh, six rings uh, and possibly counting. We'll see how he does uh, in the playoffs. But those are my three players of the decade, Mr. Lucas. Okay, so I got I've got one, two, and three. These obviously aren't in any order. Um, I didn't go with like overall stuff. Like I said earlier, you know, I went with like my personal favorites. So like my first two players <coughs> next to my number one. <laughs> um, of course, as a Titans fan, you have to love what CJ2K did. All right, you gotta love Chris Johnson came in, um, and you know with no with no Steve McNair and Eddie George, like you had a reason to to keep being there. Like there was. There was excitement there. Like, yeah. I remember going going to a game, and it was like, <clears throat> every time Chris Johnson got the ball, like, you expected a 60-yard break off out of nowhere. Yeah, he was a home and run it, hitter for sure. Right, it was amazing. Um, And then next to him, I put Nate Washington. Was a wide receiver for us for a while. Before that, he was a wide receiver with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was mm-hmm. the first pro player I ever met oh, in cool. person. Really, really cool. He was awesome. I was in middle school, and... um. I actually remember going, and it was him, and uh, oh man, Hasselback was our other quarterback. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, Hasselback was our quarterback. Um, someone got hurt, I think, so we had him come in. It was like it was probably his last year in the NFL, yeah. if not very close. Um, <clears throat> anyways, we had uh, I got him to sign one of my hats, but he was like not really cool about it. Oh dang! But he did it. But then, like, walked over to Nate Washington, and there was, like, six of us there, and he was like, all right, who wants autographs? You know, like, you get an autograph, you get... He was really he was really cool. He was fun to be around. He actually interacted with us and stuff, so it was awesome. Chris Johnson, sadly, was not like that, but he was awesome. Awesome player. <laughs> uh, CJ in my, my second, number two, I got two players in this one, too. Um, I had to put these together, Troy Polamalu and Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, they're on the cover of Madden 2010 together. I had to put them together for that Super Bowl. For yes, because because it it was just awesome in a time where I personally was away from football a little bit. Like being able to see them all the time was awesome. Especially I love Paul Malu's hair. All right. Oh yeah, and the Head and Shoulders commercials. Oh yeah, the Head and Shoulder commercials are awesome. And Larry Fitzgerald is a legend even now. Like. He still plays. By the but. way, quick side note: after that Super Bowl, we had this one. We had this buddy <coughs> in high school, and bless him, he was such a he was such a nice guy, sweet kid, uh, big heart, actually a really nice dude. But um, for whatever reason, he he was not like as strong as some of the other offensive linemen. So we, you know, kind of messed with him a little bit in high school. But he was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And everybody was rooting for the Cardinals because they didn't want to hear him talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so he, I remember the day after that Super Bowl victory, he comes. we see him walking into the lunch table, right? Because everybody's got their tables at the beginning before class. And so we see him walking over. He sits down next to us. All, like, nine of us get up off the table and move across the lunchroom and sit down at a brand-new table. He was like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so we're just messing with him. No, he, he's actually a really cool dude, but... Yeah, and a time that I felt like I was drifting away from football, those two guys and like that Super Bowl 
brought me back into it. Like, made me enjoy other teams and stuff. What a game. No, what a game. That was crazy. Um, my last group, I've got three right here. And it's because, like, as a Titans fan, these first two people, like, really gave you a reason to keep on being a fan. So, like, first off, I got Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Say what you want about the guy. But took us to our first playoff appearance in forever. He led us to three nine and seven seasons after we were used to winning two games a year. Yeah. Um like he gave you hope. I mean he caught it he caught his own touchdown pass in in the playoffs against the Chiefs and we won. And so super big deal as a fan that like he he gave us that hope for a long time. And uh wish him well, hope he ends up somewhere. He obviously will, but he's he a will. super good guy. He he's too good not to. Yeah, I actually have a story involving him later on in my hometown heroes oh, okay. cool stuff oh um, yeah, yeah yeah i saw that i think i know what you're gonna talk yeah. about um next up i gotta say delaney walker same thing as marcus like solid in, in a time where you just literally had nothing literally had nothing you had marcus Mariota and delaney walker all right our other wide receivers are not in the nfl anymore yeah so like it was just that's what you had and they were so consistently good and it was awesome all right yeah, it was yeah. amazing as a fan that had nothing. I went from Jake Locker to that, so it was a big deal. That is a big deal. Oh, my God, Jake Locker. Yeah, big deal, bro. Um, and then my last one was Taylor Lewan, just because the dad. The dad. Little I pup. mean, you you got you to gotta love him. Like, big I love hugs, the little smooches. That's right. I love the energy <laughs> he brings to the game. The guy's hilarious. I love the way he looks at life and everything, the way he attacks uh, his sports life as well is awesome. So. A lot of Titans on that list, Lucas. Interesting. One would think you might be a fan of the Nashville team. Titans, yeah. yeah Titans <laughs> fan. Anyways, sorry, I did so much because I had to, I mean, I had to split them up. Like, I was like, well, I got to put Troy and Larry in the same thing. Like, they're on the same level. They both did it for me. Like, I remember just wishing that I had players like that on the Titans back then, you know. And then it's kind of in their own little respective eras. 2010s was a great decade for football. A lot of good games, a lot of big time Super Bowls, a lot of stories. It was it was it was amazing. I can't wait to see what this decade has for us too. Well, you know it's you know crazy, Lucas. What at the end of this next decade, the 2020s, I'm gonna be 37, bro. Man, I'm gonna be a, old already. Dude, I am old. What what what's going on just, out here? I just turned 22. What's up? Um, I know the young gun. So. You know, in this decade, there's one there's one team in the NFL that hasn't had a single winning season. And I who might that, that is, be? I believe that is correct. You'd think it'd be the Cowboys because they're awful. Um, <laughs> You're just taking jabs at me today, aren't you? Okay. Uh, but it is actually the Browns. All right. Yeah. And no. we got some news on the Browns. We did. Right? We are we are recording this pod right after Sunday Night Football on Sunday. Um, we're yeah. hoping to get this out like. Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, depending on what's going on. We've all, we you know, stuff to do, New Year's Eve stuff. Jackson's moving. Yeah, moving yeah, to a new so. new space. So, Anyways, it'll definitely be out before the playoffs start next weekend. We thank you for um, your patience <clears throat> and flexibility in this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we got a better schedule coming up in about two to three weeks. Yeah, two to three weeks we'll be back in solid. Be really good like we were before. Anyways, um, but coming out earlier today, Adam Schefter reported this on Twitter. That's where I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie Kitchens has actually been fired. Woo! Yes. Everyone's seen it coming. Not a curveball there, folks. Not Apparently, Freddie Kitchens thought he had support from the organization that they were going to back him up. But sat, but that did not happen. 
I, won't, well, I, I mean, almost said sadly, but I'm not sad at all. I'm actually happy. He didn't deserve to be a head coach. No. It, too quick. Not to say that he can't one day. Um, of course. Of course. But he but he definitely, like, got up there too fast. That's the GM's fault. Like, this whole thing is is on the GM, in my opinion. I think he would have been a great OC. He would have. Well, he showed you how good he was last year as an OC. Yeah. And I think he could have done that this year, but he didn't get to just be the OC this year. He had to be the head coach of Odell, Baker, Landry. Yeah. A lot of personalities on that team. Miles Garrett. Then yeah. that just hey, smack you over the hey, head. Earlier earlier on in the year, earlier in the season, we did a segment on all this stuff, and this guy right here, me, brought up how bringing big faces into the locker room like that would ruin <coughs> would ruin newer players, would ruin some of the younger players in the league. And Miles Garrett is a star player that no one ever had a problem with him yeah. until this year. He's yeah. had some, some little anger flashes, but... Nothing super serious until this year. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, I think we can all agree Freddie Kitchens needed to be fired. He did. No and, you know, he could be a good happening. head coach later, but he really hurt his chances of becoming. He he stunned his own growth. Because it would I think, be different. I think if he was OC this year and maybe an OC next year, then he would be ready. But now it's like, who's going to trust him to be a head coach for the next at least three to four years? Right, he'll like he's gonna he has to work his way back up. It's it actually just fine by being a super like by hitting the afterburners and getting jumping straight up into that head coach. <laughs> I think it it hindered his overall career and stunted it by four years for him to get back to that look that spot. Right, and and he might not ever be a head coach again, but I That's think he could definitely be an asset to a team. Sure, he's going to be in the NFL. Sure, somewhere. Oh yeah, somebody will hire him for something. <laughs> um. But anyway, so I was wondering if there's uh, maybe any other coaches you think that are going to be fired? Huh. <laughs> I can think of one who won't be fired. The Jerry Jones won't do that. I'm using air quotations. He's just yeah. not going to re-sign Jason Garrett. They're going to let his contract expire, and they're going to look for somebody else. Um, I am 99.99% sure that's what's going to happen. I would be shocked and utterly beyond frustrated if we somehow re-sign him. <clears throat> I know it's something Jerry doesn't want to do because he considers Jason a kind of a pseudo-son, right? Um, right. But <clears throat> it's just something that has to happen. It's time to go in a new direction. Uh, nine years as head coach, ten years on the staff, um, long-time backup quarterback. It's just it's time to go in another direction. Um, so Jason Garrett, definitely. Um, possibly, who else, Lucas? We talked about, we saw Doug Marone was out for Jacksonville. Yes. Yeah, so that's a good but thing. But real, real quick, um, so Jerry Jones has already spoken on the Garrett situation a little bit, so I wanted to read this article on uh, NFL.com that I got here. Yeah. This is by Nick Shook. All right. I just want to read some certain parts out of it. He quoted a um, a tweet from Jane Slater, who okay. who asked Jerry Jones. Um, this is what their interaction said, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones continued to praise head coach Jason Garrett when I said it sounds like he's not shutting the door on him. He told me there's no door shut here tonight, none. 
But he also told us, I can see myself making a lot of changes in a lot of areas. The times call for that. We wait. He's not ready to do it yet. He knows he has to, but he just needs to rip the Band-Aid off, man, and just let it go. Um, now, another question. Well, we'll, I'll get into that in a minute later. Actually, I'm going to head too ahead of myself. I'll talk about that hometown heroes. But so Doug Marone, <laughs> Jason Garrett, um, Pat uh, Shermer could be out in New York. That's a possibility. Uh, we know Bill Callahan's going to be out uh, in Washington. He filled in as interim head coach, but Ron Rivera might likely take a spot. Uh, we have Ron Rivera's spot in Carolina that's going to be taken. Um, uh, I think there's a couple other ones, Lucas. Is there any more? I know that's um, five for sure. I would love – this probably isn't going to happen. I would love to see the Texans get a new head coach. Not I, as a Titans yeah. fan, but as a Texans, like – if I was a Texans fan, like he's, it's just, you're never, you're never going to go far. Yeah. Like you can, you can make the playoffs and win the bad AFC South division, but I don't like, I feel like the team is not making strides. Like what saved the Texans is that they were mediocre, but the rest of the AFC South was terrible for a very long time. Yeah. And then Deshaun Watson saved him. Yes. I mean, you won your division. You won 10 games this year. That's nothing. He's a generational player, too. Like, yeah. what a and like, skill in the draft. That's nothing amazing. Um, you should honestly be doing more than 10 wins with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins. Yeah, J.J. Ta- White. The talent that they have. Yeah, you, absolutely. You should definitely be doing more. I, I'd like to see a new head coach for, for Houston as well. Um be interesting to see kind of what happens if Miami just wants to stay with what they have with Mr. with uh, Flores. If Adam, Ga- if the Jets get rid of Adam Gase, um, what happens there? I heard Mike McCarthy has been an interested party in several organizations. I think including the Panthers, the Redskins. Um, I think that'd be cool. And just a, I thought I'd like to have him back as well. Um, so we'll, there's there should be quite a there's a, quite a few shakeups at the end of last year. There should be quite a few shakeups at the beginning of this year. Um, I feel and, like I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot when you're looking at teams. I feel like the NFL is going to look a little different next year when all these all these coaches. Yes, and there's a bunch of quarterbacks that could potentially be moving as well. I know we don't have this in our deal, and we're talking about coaches right now. But you got to yeah. think like. Drew Brees is coming up on the end of his contract. What did uh, the Saints Tom decide Brady. to do? Yeah. Yeah. Philip Rivers. Like, these are some unanswered questions. Like, Eli Manning should be retiring. Stay. Yeah. Eli Manning's probably going to retire. You got Marcus Mariota's going to go somewhere, could do something. Cam Newton. Like, I feel like there's a bunch of, uh, <coughs> yeah, does not he's... to mention the draft prospects coming in. Right. Joe like, Burrow. You got Joe and... Burrow. Tua, Tua possibly coming in. I think, I don't know if he's declared yet or not. I don't think he has yet. Um, Herbert, I believe, is that guy's last Herbert. name. Oregon. Yeah. Some, there's some, there's some cool stuff going on, man. You know, what? Um, what's Miami going to do about their quarterback situation? They're going to draft someone, go after someone. So I, it's it's pretty cool uh, how fast things are going to change this year. The NFL is going to look a lot different next year, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. There's a lot of different changes. When you talk, usually over the course of an NFL season, you have, you know, one coaching change, maybe three, you know, somewhere in there. But this year's could be anywhere from three to eight. 
just mm. depending on who decides to make a change and who gets how's shuffled around where. How's that going to exactly. affect other teams? Where does Mariota go? Does Winston get uh, – Jameis Winston, does he get re-signed? Um, and one – one mil for every interception. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hit, hit what happens? What happens with Cam? What happens with Mitchell Trubisky? There's a lot of questions going into the 2020 season. Um, so we'll it's kinda, awesome. Give us plenty of stuff to talk about. For sure, and and a lot of it comes down to what happens in these playoffs. Does Drew Brees win? If he does, I think he's out and retired, a two-time champ. Um, does Teddy become their QB? Does then? Teddy become? I think so. I think if they win. We, I've said this before in an earlier episode. I think if Drew Brees wins this this championship this year, then he retires as a champion, and they give the keys to Teddy, just because of the success that they had this year with with Teddy and and Drew Brees out. And right. it's kind of that weird time where Drew Brees is approaching the end of his thing, but so is Teddy. But you want to obviously keep Drew because he's a franchise, but you don't want to let go of the potential successor that could be teddy can you convince right. teddy to stick around if drew doesn't win it this year for another year or two do you throw in a tag somewhere there's a lot of different scenarios that could happen so uh so i brought up joe burrow earlier made you think of some college quarterbacks so like, yeah you know some other we got some other college quarterbacks played some pretty big games this past week we got jalen jalen hurts he got who hurt he's gonna come into the draft somewhere he didn't get physically um, hurt but he got yeah they, they got destroyed um Fields looks like he's going to be a draft prospect definitely in the future. Yeah, and then Trevor Lawrence. So we got to, we got to talk about them. We got to talk about the college football playoff a little bit. Yeah, a little bit on what we a little bit on what we seen. One from. game was amazing to watch. The other game was just a beatdown. It was bad. And Jalen tried, man. And his uh, his press conference afterwards was awesome. Yes. Um, I really I really enjoyed listening to him. Um, seeing seeing how he thinks about all this stuff, the journey, the unique, the very unique journey he's been on. Yes. Um, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Really. Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he gets on a good team. I heard some people were saying that they want the Ravens to take him so they can have three mobile quarterbacks like that in the backfield, and I'm just like, that's not going to happen. Surely <laughs> it's, not. It's not going to happen. Not. It's definitely not going to happen. Think about that Alabama recruiting staff. I mean, you bring on – you have Tua, you bring on Jalen Hurts, Jalen transfers, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the Ohio State recruiting staff. You bring on Dwayne Haskins, and you also bring on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow goes to LSU, lights it up. He's the, you know, uh, assumed number one pick this year. Yeah, and Fields, Fields, the quarterback for Ohio State, yeah. got him from Georgia. No. And you know they're upset because their quarterback was not that good this year. Yeah, from was from was I've underperforming. Seen, that seems year. to be a, a, a new thing that's happening this year. You go to a What's school, the new rule change. The new rule yeah, change. you can transfer, and it's it's almost like trades in college football now. It's not quite like trades, but it's like a a bit of free agency, almost. Mm. Well, it's just and it makes sense. Like it gives yeah. these really good talented players a chance to go somewhere else and make a name for themselves instead of wasting time because yeah. they know someone else is going to be in front of them. Um, but uh. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the LSU game real quick. So the LSU Oklahoma game, like we were saying earlier, we we're talking about it. Terrible. Yeah. It was like it was a beat down. Um, Randy Moss's son, their tight end, literally mossed someone. Oh, that's awesome. Um they just Joe Burrow was 
he had all the time in the world in the pocket, and then when he didn't, he would run around everywhere and just throw it up, and they were just coming down with the ball. It was something like it was, seven touchdowns it was in the first half or something ridiculous. Seven touchdowns in the first half, yes. Oh it was amazing. Um, broke all the college football playoff records, of course, that were previously held by Marcus Mariota and huh? the Ducks. Yes. Right? Against Jameis Winston, because Jameis Winston's terrible. Uh, but he's going <laughs> to get that money. Jameis Winston's going to be a quarterback for them next year. Yeah, 5,000 5, passing yards this year. Um, But, yeah, so there's not really a lot to talk about in that game. But uh, the other game, Ohio State-Clemson, was an amazing game. Nail-biter. I know you got to catch the end of it. I did. And I got to watch most of it. Um, there was some questionable referee calls that I want to just get on to first. Number okay. one, um, Dobbins... The halfback for Ohio State dropped a touchdown catch. It ended up resulting in a field goal, and some people are saying that it should have been ruled a catch because he caught the ball, had control of it. His knee was down in the end zone. They think the play should be dead. Mm -hmm. But then he didn't keep control until he hit the ground. That's just the rule. You have to keep control the whole time, you know. Um, The cornerback for Ohio State got kicked out of the game for targeting. I think it that that's a tough call, but I, I don't think it should have been called for targeting. Um, that hurt them. It would have been like fourth and twenty something, and instead they got a first down. And then that cornerback got taken out, and they immediately Trevor Lawrence immediately threw a deep ball to the new cornerback that came in. And so, of course, the guy has he's literally cold, so he gets called for pass interference. It's the only way he can stop a touchdown. Right. It's one of those situations where you take the penalty instead of giving right. up the score. And then and then Clemson scored and it just it changed the game, it it changed the game, and <clears throat> it shouldn't have happened because the cornerback blitzes he's coming in, right before he hits Trevor Lawrence, Trevor does this he tucks down, yeah like head first, and then he gets hit in the head, well the dude is six six, like, and the guy's coming up to hit him in the chest you know and then yeah, he tucks those... down like that's gonna happen like and I'm then, all like, for. This, the this, guy couldn't control that. I'm all for the element of targeting being in the game because if you're doing it on purpose and you're going for a dude's head, then yeah, you, there should be a penalty, and if it's severe enough, you should be kicked out of the game. I think that should. Let's start that with my argument was saying that that should be a thing, but determining whether a 265 pound man running <laughs> at full speed can make the determination to stop himself that fast to avoid hitting the helmet. Like it's, it's a weird judgment call. I feel like a lot of times that ref referees ref off of the result of the play instead of what actually happened. Right. Well, see, so the, the result ref, was he got hit in the helmet. So he must have targeted him on purpose. Well, the ref didn't call anything. The rest thought it was clean. Really? Okay. It got looked at. And they, through the replay, they called it targeting. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I was traveling during these games, so I called the right. tail end. But... Um, and I, I don't, I still don't agree with that. And a, a bunch of referees have gone to Twitter and social media and whatnot and have put their opinion in saying that they also disagree. Um, so that, that, was a big, that was a big deal. But they were also, like, they were up For 16 sure. to nothing. So, and they dropped... Ohio State dropped three passes in the end zone. Yeah. Um, they should. So if they if they catch 
if they catch the balls, they should have two of them were on the same drive. One was on another drive, and then they had a field goal. It should have been twenty-four to nothing, but it was right. sixteen to nothing because they couldn't capitalize. Left a lot of points on the board, and then here came Clemson, and here's Trevor Lawrence running like sixty-something yards down the field for a touchdown, and it's fourteen-sixteen, yeah. and then your quarterback for Ohio State hasn't thrown an interception all year, and he throws two in this game, one of them being on the game-winning drive at the end to win the game, and yeah, he has a miscommunication with, with the guy. Like, receiver. it's not his yeah. fault, but, like, it's just you, you've been fine all year, and it's this moment. You throw, you throw more picks in this game than you did all year. Yeah. And so it's like I want to – I want to agree with a bunch of people because there's a bunch of people that are saying Ohio State got cheated, and that was definitely a turning point in the game. But I'm like, you're up 16 nothing. It should have been 24 nothing. Things like this happen in football yeah, games. Yeah, and, 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 like and it's, props to, it's props to Clemson for being able to take advantage mm-hmm. of, certain, of, cert, of key moments in the game, of key swing moments, right? Take advantage of that right. moment. Trevor Lawrence rushes for 60 yards down the sideline. You know, being able to come through and still go and score on drives and make stops when they needed to. It wasn't like Clemson was just gifted this game off of a call. Exactly. Right? So and it's then, good, yeah. you know, ups to Clemson and props to Clemson for being able to take advantage of key moments in the game. But if we talk about the targeting call, yes, <laughs> that obviously I think that was a mistake, especially if it comes from the booth and on the field it's called clean. So it has to be you know, indisputable evidence if you're going to reverse yeah. something. Yeah, it was, it was a, I think it was one of those where like Trevor Lawrence had to come out of the game for a play and I think they seen that. They the seen Lawrence's yeah. reaction and I think that stuff kind of, that helped him with that. And don't breathe on the quarterback because um, if you breathe on the other team's quarterback, mm-hmm. you're going to get a call. There's also one more, there's also one more play. Um, Clemson dude catches the ball, he takes like two or three steps, but the other guy is like on him all the way, like bringing him down during those steps. Yeah. So for me, it's hard to say that he had control on the field. They ruled it a catch. <clears throat> he caught the ball, took two to three steps, fumbled the ball. Ohio state took it for a touchdown, I believe, or got close. Um, that was a big swing point. They reviewed it, came back and said it wasn't a fumble. He didn't catch the ball. That's what they're saying. They're saying he didn't catch the ball. So, a bunch of people are arguing over that. He did take, like, two to three steps, but, like, the guy is on him the whole time. So, like, it's kind of one of those. On his arm. Like, can you really say that he had full possession? Um, it also comes into play, like, was he able to make a football move? He wasn't able to make a football move because the guy was on him. Like, he was being tackled. Yeah. So, it's definitely, like, I understand why they ruled it that way. I think it could have One of those gray him. areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But awesome, awesome football this weekend. Yeah, incredible awesome. football game. I can't wait to see the Clemson LSU matchup. I think that's going to yes, be a good yes. game. That that's going to be awesome. I think that's in two weeks. Yeah, Clemson hasn't lost a game in what was it like seven hundred days or something like that. And um, something wild. They're you know the defending champions, and they get to defend their title against the presumptive number one pick and Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow. And of course, the supporting cast of LSU. So it's gonna it's gonna be a good game. Good. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, so we don't get that game this weekend, though. We don't. That's we gotta like wait. Weeks. Yeah, we gotta wait a little um, bit. But this this weekend we got the playoffs, and I want us to talk a little bit about. We finally know which teams are in the playoffs. Yeah. I want to take like our take on the playoffs. 
if we like if we like how it's set up and uh, i want to focus on this round one we're going to do our picks later but i really want to get into like can any of these teams go far okay like like just off the top of your head like are you looking at any of the wild card teams maybe and thinking like they have a chance to make some noise i do i do i'm looking at uh seattle I think yes. that they can. They, I, I would not be surprised to see them in the NFC Championship game at all. Russell all, Wilson. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely looking at them. Um, I don't think Minnesota can make it super far. Um, I'm looking at Tennessee to cause some upsets. Um, I, I don't know, man. It just seems like lately like the Patriots running out of gas or something that it's in Foxborough and they just lost at home to Miami. And it's one, it's one of those weird gray areas because number one, they're vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And Vrabes can smell mm-hmm. the blood in the water, but the sec, but at the same time, when the, when was the last time that the Patriots lost two straight home games? Like they had just won 27 straight home games, right? The Patriots are undefeated at home against, the Titans. They're also yeah. undefeated in the playoffs against the Titans. Um, so for that to happen, it would be absolutely insane. But at the same right. time, if it's going to happen, I would feel like it's going to happen now because they're vulnerable. And I was actually really happy when I found out that they lost and that we were going to play them if we won. Yeah, My dad was not. My dad has seen the Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens defeat the Titans in the playoffs way too many times. But... I was really happy about it because I was I was so nervous about going and playing Kansas City, man. So 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 nervous. Even though it's like, oh, yeah. like y'all have their number, y'all beat them the past three times you've played them. Uh, well, you're Andy due Reed for a loss. Won, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andy Reid is like one and nine against the Titans or something ridiculous like that. You know. Yeah. Um, um, that's not an accurate stat. He's bad against us, but I was happy. Because we can hang with them. We might lose, but we can hang with them. We're not going to get outscored 64 to 30. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's going to be a close game, and I feel like it's a potential upset. The other team I'm looking at that's in the wild card round that our pick to win the Super Bowl, New Orleans. The Saints. They didn't get the Probably first They, they didn't are. get the first round by because Green Bay locked it up today with the win, and San Francisco locked it up tonight. So the the Saints are going to play Minnesota. Minnesota, I feel like, is kind of flat lately. I feel like that should be a good game. Um, But I think New Orleans is going to take that. Yeah, I I feel like they're super dangerous in the in in the wild card round right now. Definitely for sure. Like they're the most favored team. Yeah. So to answer your question, Seattle, New Orleans, and Tennessee. Those are my three teams that two of which I feel like can really can make the Super Bowl. The other one I feel like can definitely cause some up, cause an upset this weekend. Yeah, in um, so in the AFC Wild Card, I mean, obviously, like, you want to be worried about the Patriots, but I'm really not. They may beat us, but I'm not worried They're, about them making the AFC Championship or making the Super Bowl. And here, even though they got Tom Brady, and he might turn into playoff Brady, and they got Brady, Bill and Belichick, and they're at home, and right, it's the but playoffs. They don't have home field after right. this, right? You know, exactly. But it almost feels like, like I know he's a goat, and I'm not disputing that at all. And I know he's, and I know, and I know he's like, obviously the best ever, and Bill Belichick, best head coach. But there's nothing else on the offense. They don't seem as scary this year. They don't have all the offensive firepower. You could beat them 
Right, you can hang with them. That's the yeah. That's the thing. But like, the Titans, obviously, like to me, like I feel like we have a chance to make some noise. And if the we beat is, the Patriots, if we beat the Patriots, Jackson, bro, we might just go Super Saiyan. All right, you might. Here's, here's the thing: the thing that I think is going to give you guys the advantage is because you're talking about that 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 Patriots defense. Oh, they're so good. Yes, they are. Stephon Gilmore, I guarantee you, he's going to be glued to AJ Brown. Yep. Right. So it's going to be like, can Corey Davis or Humphreys or Sharp can one of them pop off? Because the Titans have a home run playability this year that not a lot of other teams have. I think they were second in like offensive explosive scoring or something like that. Like scores beyond forty yards. Like. You have the ability to just we're, pop off. Yeah. We're top five explosive offense with Tannehill. Top five explosive. Like we're top okay. five offense with him. Yes. Like total scoring and everything, I think. Exactly. Right? So the thing is going to be, A.J. Brown's going to be locked up against Stephon Gilmore. Can Sharp or Corey Davis or Derrick Henry make a big-time play? Because they're going to contain Henry, and they're going to say, Steph, you stay on A.J. Brown, and can Tannehill maneuver to beat us? That's going to be the key matchup. So, uh, so the Titans beat the Patriots last year. Yeah. And um, Corey Davis torched them with Stephon Gilmore. Torched them. We beat them 34 to 10, and Corey Davis had seven catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Five of those catches, including the touchdown and 90 of the yards, came <coughs> against Gilmore. So, That's crazy. But here's the thing Stephon, number one, Stephon Gilmore's on a completely different level this year. Like, Oh yeah. Well, we got. He's going to be on AJ Brown though. He is going to be on AJ Brown this year, and but that's also a caveat to you guys. You didn't have AJ Brown, exactly. Who I think is a, or a significant candidate for offensive rookie of the year. He's definitely going to win it. Uh, he's the first player since Randy Moss, and he's one of four players now that are NFL rookies that had like four more catches for fifty plus yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, his only competition for that is like Kyler Murray, but even then, I don't think Kyler Murray had a significant enough season to beat AJ Brown for offensive rookie of the year. I was thinking the halfback for Oakland got a pretty good case. He, he did. Josh Jacobs have played very well. Yeah, but he didn't play um, AJ Brown good. But I don't see the I don't see the Patriots making the AFC championship. Although I wouldn't put it past them. Like they can. You got Tom Brady. You're obviously you still dangerous. got that thing in the back of your head, man. It's still the New England Patriots. It's still Brady. Exactly. It's Belichick. It's their defense. If they can um, find a way to score 21 points a game, they're going to win 98% of their games. Because right, that's all they I have to win. That's all they have to score, I think 21 points. If the Titans can get Adam Humphreys and um, Adoree Jackson back, then I think that'll be able to help our offense and our defense. I think we'll have an opportunity to make it to the AFC Championship. If we run into Kansas City there, that spooks me. The only reason yeah. I would say the AFC Championship is because if we beat the Patriots, we're going to be so hype, and we're going to go to a Ravens team whose starters have not played in two weeks. Yeah. Which has caught some teams before. So you're a relatively cold team coming yeah. against the hottest team. Who also rested. Yeah, who also rested. Yeah, the two weeks. They also rested their starters this week. This week, and then they're getting the bye. That's why I said two weeks, yeah. But at the so, same time, you just gave Lamar Jackson two weeks to fresh his, refresh his legs. So exactly. if he was had any wear and tear at all, it's gone now. Right. So it's kind of a flip of a coin thing. 
Yeah. Um, in terms of the NFC, oh, wait, 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 let me. The Texans and the Bills are both bad. All right. Yeah, I don't expect them to do any real damage. I feel like whoever wins that game is going to a, just depending on if the Titans win or not, they're going to go lose at Kansas City or they're going to go lose at Baltimore. I don't yeah. expect them to make it past the second round. Exactly. Um. In the NFC, obviously the Saints. Like you, yeah. you got to say the Saints. And then I think the, excuse me, if the Vikings can get a run game going, they yeah. can win. But can Dalvin Cook stay? <laughs> Stay healthy. He's got a significant can, shoulder issue. He's been well, knocked out of the you, games twice this year. Can you get Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen going? Adam Thielen to both fully realize their potential as a one and two because that is so deadly. Do you feel like that could be the best one two combo in the league? Yes, but it's like it or at least happen. a top three. Like it, it could be. I, I can't, I can't, I can't name a better combo. Like AJ, not AJ, Antonio Brown and and Juju, but that's not there anymore. Yeah. So like, yeah, I can't, and Cooper I, and I Gallup can't. isn't better than them. I mean, Odell, God, Godwin and Evans, I guess. Just in terms of prior yardage, but I mean, that's that's just because run deep every play. I mean, <laughs> four verticals on Madden, bro. Every play, that's all they're doing. Um, but I'm definitely excited for the playoffs, and I like the teams that got in. I don't think there's any other teams that should have got in over these teams, except for the Cowboys, the Eagles. Oh man, here's um, and we'll talk about that hometown here, but we flattened the Redskins today. Yeah, just had our way with them. Speaking of hometown heroes, it's time. It's time. For hometown. Oh, okay. I get to go first this week, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, let's get so it. you're gonna go first, Mr. Jackson. So all right. Go ahead. So, so I'm just gonna speak from my heart to all my fellow Cowboy fans out there. I didn't write down likes or dislikes. I'm just going to talk about this season kind of as a whole, fairly short. Um, the 2019 season was definitely full of ups and downs. We start off the year hot, uh, 3-0. Um, we had the number one offense this year um, in terms of yards per game um, and top five in scoring. Um, but we lost a lot of games by one score. We lost, I believe it was seven games. Um, five, yeah, five games by one score or less. That means seven points or less. If you would flip those games from losses to wins, uh, we would be thirteen and three, and a probably a number three seed right now, number four seed wherever it would be. But we'd be thirteen and three this year, and the Eagles wouldn't even be close to taking home the title. Um, what I saw from the Redskins game was a lot of good things. Um, I saw what this team uh, looked like against the Rams, what this team should have looked like all year long. Zeke had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, Gallup had nearly 100 yards. He had three touchdown catches. Uh, Cooper was able to keep double teams on him all game long and still caught a couple deep balls. Um, Witten was dynamic in both blocking and pass catching on the play action. Uh, Dak had over 300 yards. The defense was stout, Had three took away three different turnovers. Uh, we capitalized on those. We made our field goals. We didn't have a whole lot of penalties. Overall, a very solid and good game. We had our way with the Washington Redskins. They, they had absolutely no chance, especially going into the second half. It was over. Uh, we had a good game plan. We were scripted very well off the gate and executed. And it's to hey, me. I'm going to go save my job now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's just I was I was happy to watch that today. But at the same time, I was disheartened because. I knew that we had to have help, 
and that would be coming from the New York Giants, who have had a really bad year this year. Um, and it kind of was sad to see because it was almost like it was all for nothing because even if we flattened the Redskins, we still we had to have outside help to get into the to the playoffs. And there was just so many games this year, right, to where we were down – we lost by three points in Foxborough. We – I mean, we lose to the Bills at home on Thanksgiving. We lose to the Chicago Bears, man. Like, we lost to the New York football Jets with Sam Darnold coming off a hospital bed a week earlier. Like, I just, there's so many times this year to where I felt like the stars aligned to where, okay, the Redskins are having, obviously, a ton of internal issues. Trent Williams, we have that whole story. You can go back and watch that episode about Trent Williams. Um, you have Eli, who has definitely fallen off, and they transferred to a rookie, Daniel Jones. Dwayne Haskins comes in for Washington. Then you have Carson Wentz and their team completely, absolutely decimated and depleted by injuries. They literally had to get pick up people off of their practice squad to play against us, and for the last four games, and they go four and zero to win the title. They were five. They were five and seven team. They were five and seven. And they came back and won the division. And we let it slip through our fingers. And it's just, I've like this year to me defined what this, almost what this decade has been for us. And that's just mediocrity. Like we've had a couple of good seasons this year 13 and three, a 12 and four, another 13 and three. But other than that, we were eight and eight or nine and seven. We haven't done anything other than win one, three games, three playoff games since the year 2000. Like, if anything, this year just confirmed to me how much we need a new head coach and how much of a culture shift that we need. And unless we get that, and that being, and this is not all on the head coach. This also comes from Jerry Jones himself being, I think, a little too involved. And I think he needs to hire a general manager, let the general manager do his job. And hire a head coach, let the head coach do his job. And until that happens, we're going to keep wasting the primes of players like Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Dak Prescott, Zeke, Cooper, Gallup, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus hey, well, Lawrence. I sent you I tagged you that thing on Twitter that yeah. had every player and yeah, I saw, commented I, on and it the thing and is, was like, this is right. Like, this yeah. is a thousand percent true. I, I, the thing is, I had I'd seen that earlier from Des, and I was like, this is so true. Like, it's just, I get hyped up every year. Because we we're the Dallas Cowboys, we're America's team. We have a good roster. It all looks to get. It all looks beautiful on paper. We have a top three Madden rating almost every year going into the brand new season, and we can't put it together. Yeah, and, real quick. Here's that list of players for anyone that wants to know. Um, Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Sean Lee, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Jason Witten, Demarcus Ware, Demarco Murray. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper. And I can go on and on. Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, um, mm-hmm. Demarcus Ware. Um, on and on and on. And it seems like we've had all these good players. And at times we've had really, really good seasons. But we can't get over the top. And don't get me wrong. There was twice where we should have been in the NFC Championship game. One in 2014, Des definitely caught that ball on fourth and ten. <laughs> To almost score, he definitely caught that. Like, and I know Lucas is laughing, but anybody yeah, watch that? It's he just, caught that. He caught funny. that ball. Des caught it. Hashtag Des caught it. Number two, 
2016, Dak Prescott and Zeke's rookie year. We should have gone to the NFC Championship game, came back down 17 points against Green Bay at halftime to go up by three with 30 seconds left, and we got Aaron Rodgers hard. That was 26. Yo, I remember. Who caught that ball on the sideline? It was amazing. They're tied in. <clears throat> I don't know who it was. But he was caught that Jared the, Cook? It might have been Jared Cook, but he caught the, It was a beautiful. Aaron Rodgers had zero timeouts and 30 seconds, and he it went – 60 yards to get in range for a field goal for Mason Crosby for the go-ahead win. And I was beside myself. Like, it's just... Because I, I just saw in the comeback of a, of a century, and it, again, just wasted. Bad clock management at the end lost us that game. Well, that and, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers. He's a yeah, bad man. Jared Cook. He had 30 receptions, 400 yards, and a touchdown. Wait, 30... In one game? No. No. In, okay, his, in just, that uh, whole year. Yeah. And that was it, his one year with him, and that whole year he had that, and... I, I think I said, 40 I of those yards came on that on that play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was third and like 25, something ridiculous. It was, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers escaped the pocket, chucked it up, Cook, per, you couldn't script it better. Like, if no, you were... Cook tore you up that game. Yeah, thank you. That wasn't the only one. I like, appreciate... But that was that was the. It was bad. Put him in a car. My point is. <laughs> my point is. All right, we're getting sidetracked. We are. Jackson. I just. This decade, is one that I won't forget because of a lot of cool, memorable moments. But at the same time, I'm anxious to move on from, because I'm tired of the mediocrity. I'm tired of loading up first take every day and seeing Stephen A. dance with his cigar and his cowboy hat. Man, he was it, supposed to be off tomorrow, and he's going to be here, and I'm amazed. I'm oh, yeah. ready for it. I'm just – it's time for a new era. It's time for a new culture. Will that happen? It's yet to be seen, but I am anxious for a new start, and I hope we figure out a way to at least keep the most of these players with this salary cap um, because we blew a very good chance at doing something special this year with the talent that we have on that roster. Um, not saying we could have won it if we won the division. I'm not saying that we were automatic locks to win the whole thing or favorites by any means. There's a lot of good teams this year, but I'm saying we had an opportunity to go compete for something, and we let us up through our fingertips. That does it for um, me for Hometown Heroes for the 2019 season. I'm done. Yeah, Lucas, you have the floor. I do, I do want to say real quick, I think Jerry Jones has done an excellent job of bringing talent in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, I can read off that list that you just read to me again. Like, <laughs> all right. those players he brought in. But when it comes to the whole coach thing and stuff, like, he needs to – it's time. Yeah. <sighs> time for a nice brush of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, take it away, Lucas. Out of the depression pits, we escalated <clears throat> into the – World of the playoffs, where the Tennessee Titans are going to Foxborough next week, which part of me, like I said earlier, like I was really happy and I found that out. The only negative thing to it is that Tom Brady could screw you over or, uh, you know, if you were already preparing for the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit, that's, that work is kind of out the window now. <clears throat> but anyways, I want to get into my likes and dislikes 
for this. Uh, I guess this is our last week of Hometown Heroes. From now on, we'll just... Well, unless the... I mean, we get... We'll talk about, we'll talk the, Titans about the Titans game this week. But yeah, I... I yeah, and then hopefully they win and we keep calling. I probably won't talk about... I'm going to keep everybody updated with the Cowboys coaching search and what we do with different contracts yeah, and yeah, player yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, in yeah. terms of talking about games, yeah, we're yeah. I'm, I'm done until the 2020 season. Man, that's sad. Man, that... <laughs> Sorry, I bet that was terrible to everyone's ears. It wasn't supposed to be that bad. Oh, yeah, that one hurt. <clears throat> um, but I just... Uh, it's real sad to think the football's coming to the end, Mr. Jackson. Isn't it, though? It's real sad. I look sad. forward to um, it every year. So my likes and dislikes from this week's game. Obviously, number one like has to be Derrick Henry, new Russian champion of the oh, NFL. Oh, yeah, congrats on that, dude. All right. He needed eight yards, or was it four or something like that? He needed like a he needed under 10 yards. Broke off a 53-yard touchdown run. Whoop, yeah. Whoop, whoop. All right. All right. Then you got to say Tannehill. All right, my man's comes in, goes seven and three, takes you to the playoffs. What else do you want? All right, we're gonna sign him to a nice like four year deal. You were so distraught. I was anti. I was so anti. You were so upset. You're like the season's over. Six years in Miami. Yeah, you're like the season's over. We benched Mariota. I don't understand it. What is happening? Like you were. Because we, we well, that, earlier, that, that news broke live on the podcast, and you were upset, to say the least. Which I could have blamed anyways, you for at the time. Yeah. Um, My last and final like is this story that I wanted to tell about Marcus Mariota. So, as you all know, if you are a follower of the NFL, um, A.J. Brown is probably going to win Rookie of the Year this year, and he eclipsed 1,000 yards today. Mm-hmm. His 1,000-yard pass was thrown to him by Marcus Mariota. So, Marcus Mariota got benched, and A.J. Brown was really upset about it. You know, he got caught. The media caught him crying. He Mm -hmm. said he felt like he let the team down, but he also let Marcus down. Um, He said Marcus, like, really helped him when he came into the league, kind of took him under his wing, and was really good to him, and they were really good buddies. A.J. Brown wore a Marcus Mariota jersey to the game today. And then after his 50, he had like a 55-yard touchdown catch, and then he needed like anywhere from 10 to 20 yards to get 1,000 yards to pass Mm it. We put, sorry, creepy ghost noises coming from my window from the wind, man. (laughs) Spooky season out here. It's making a return. Spooky season still, bro. Um, We put Marcus Mariota in the game, put Tannehill wide left as a wide receiver, and had Marcus fake a handoff and throw it to A.J. Brown over the middle for his 1,000 yards. And I thought that that was <laughs> awesome that we that we did that. Yeah, and I think you... it's gonna probably going to be overlooked, but I think that is a an awesome story of, like, we're in this game, and A.J. Brown wants Marcus to be his 1,000-yard guy, and yeah. it's like, we're going to let Marcus throw you that, that one pass, you know? Yeah. Nice awesome. little send-off to Marcus, too. Yeah beautiful pass by the way it looked like a it looked like a Tannehill ball out there so maybe he learned some stuff because because Tannehill throws a really good football like he throws a nice spiral yeah it's like straight it's it's awesome and Marcus threw a really good ball there um on to my dislikes the defense we don't have Malcolm Butler we don't have a Dory Jackson 
AJ McCarron scored a touchdown on the first drive. Did you know, coming into this week, the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans were the only two teams in the NFL to not have a touchdown on the opening drive, and AJ McCarron solved that for him. Deshaun Watson doesn't do it for 15 games, and then all of a sudden, boom, AJ, AJ McCarron, McCarron gets it the done. Titans goes all the way down the field, chews you up, and we, of course, made adjustments and stuff after that, and we were fine, and we won the game handedly, but yeah. the whole time, it was just sad watching our d- starting defense against their second and third string offense. Sad. Dondre Hopkins didn't even touch the field, bro. Sad. Um... My last dislike, I didn't do three dislikes. Because, you know, we made the playoffs, so you can't have three dislikes. You only have two. You, you can't. It's a rule. Um, So, drop balls. Tajay Sharp, like, this is a big game. You know, this is a big game. Yeah. We're trying to make the playoffs. And Tajay Sharp dropped a ball down the field that I felt like he needed to catch. And then we had some other drops. There, were, there was just some drop balls that should not have been dropped, that were big catches that we needed on, like, third down and stuff. Yeah. And they just didn't catch the ball. And I'm like, you'll lose a playoff game over stuff like that. It's playoff time. Catch the ball. Yes. So, I was upset about it. But other than that, I'm pretty happy. You, you deserve <sighs> to be happy. You guys came back, went 7-3 and three with Ryan Tannehill, made the playoffs, almost won the division. I mean, there's nothing else that really needs Good. to be said. You guys so played well. Like, A.J. Brown has solved you guys' wide receiver issue. Yeah, and if you think about it, Tannehill's better in seven and one or seven and three. All right. Technically, he's not, but the first game against the Carolina Panthers that he lost, the whole team played bad except for him. He was the one light in the tunnel. After that, we played good. We won our games. We played the Houston Texans, and we lost because we missed a field goal. That happened a lot. We lost like three games this year because we couldn't kick a field goal. Um, we missed a field goal, and a freak interception that was pretty much a fumble on the one yard line you know like like stuff like that should not happen we right. should have won that game um the texans have been playing terrible like the past four weeks mm-hmm. it's been bad since they beat the patriots they've been bad um and then the game against the saints it looked like ryan Tannehill was going to drive down and give you a game winning touchdown but khalif raymond got <laughs> knocked unconscious and fumbled the ball and they yeah, didn't do I remember anything. that. I remember oh, us talking about that. So they find um, they find that player thirty grand. Find him thirty grand for targeting, or for unnecessary roughness. Didn't call it though. No, nah, I didn't get called. So really sad. Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited for the future. Yeah, lots of stuff to be excited about. Yeah, and I have five things for you to be excited about, Mr. Jackson. Oh, oh, is it what I think it is? It is time for take or leave it. For oh, those that do not it. know, all right, this is Jackson's favorite segment. He loves it. Take or leave it. Um, I bring up like five things that I say to Jackson, take it or leave it. He says his side. I say my side. It's a fun time. You should all join in. Pause the video, or if you're listening to this, <coughs> pause the recording and just like, you know, think about what you think maybe, and then press play, see what we think, see how your ideas compare to ours. Cool Throw stuff. your all thoughts right. in the comments be, below. Be interactive, all right? We didn't get questions this week. We did not. No Real sad. At all. Sad stuff. Lonely times out here in the pod, bros. So, <laughs> um, number one, Jackson, take it or yes, leave sir. it. I think you'll like this. 
Um, Jackson is a huge Vince Young fan. He was a huge Vince Young fan because he's a Longhorn guy, you know, all that stuff. Um, so take or leave it, yes. Vince Young could have succeeded way more in his NFL career if he would have been embraced by a team the way Lamar Jackson has been embraced by the Ravens. Oh, man. Not as athletic, but and probably not, not even as good as Michael Vick. Yeah, he he's not on that level. More. Take it. Jeff, I don't th- Jeff Fisher didn't want him, but the no, owner drafted owner. owner drafted him anyway. Um, he's fresh off the Rose Bowl win against USC, who at the time was a dominant dynasty in college football. Think of what Alabama or Ohio State is today, and that's what USC was. Two straight national championships until we beat them. They were going for three in a row. Um, they were insane. They had Reggie Bush on their team. Um, anyway, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I think I think take it. I feel like if he was more accepted and and the Titans were willing to work their offense around Vince Young, yeah, of, of course I think he would have done better. Would he be Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick level or even RG3 from 2012 level? No, probably not. But he would have had a better year and, or better years, especially stat-wise, and I think they would have won a couple more games. Yeah, take so it. So interesting – Interesting story here. I don't know if anyone's heard this. Um, the XGM of the Titans is on that radio show I always listen to, and he has actually talked about this specific subject before. So he was the GM of the Titans there. He drafted Vince Young. He did it because the owner want. That's what the owner wanted. Um, he didn't want to, but the owner wanted him to, so he did. And the plan was then to have. He was like, okay, this is fine. Like, I, I can do this. We can make this work. He'll get to learn behind Steve McNair for a year, two yeah. years. Well, that didn't work. The owner didn't want Steve. The owner wanted Vince. Yeah. You do what the owner says. And it just blew up the Titans franchise. And I feel like we're still recovering from that, like, now. Yeah. Um... But I think it's really cool that, like, he had a chance to learn from Steve McNair, who was kind of the same as him. Kind of the same build a little bit. The same kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. But same style and stuff. And I think it would have been so cool to have that happen. And I think he could have came in and taken the reins way better than what happened. Be more prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And then then they got caught in the back and forth deal and all that. But. Um, <clears throat> take it or leave it, Mr. Jackson. Yes, sir. With all the expectations that came with the Dallas Cowboys this year, is it safe to say that this Dallas Cowboy team has been the biggest letdown of mm-hmm. like any Cowboy team? I'll say this decade. Oh wow! Or, or you know, within like the past like fifty years. <laughs> I really feel yeah, like. We can, um, I mean, I really feel like this might be it. I mean, coming into the year, you got yeah. people saying the Cowboys are in prime position to win the Super Bowl. Like, you are definitely going to make the playoffs, and like all this stuff. Dak comes in at the beginning; he's lighting it up. You've got Zeke signed and ready. Dak's playing for his contract. You got the offensive line, Amari Cooper. Your other wide receivers are showing up. Your defense has got yeah. the linebackers that any team could possibly like dream of. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like this decade for sure. Past 50 years, not so sure about that. But I feel like for this decade, this was kind of the most hyped team going into a season. Because we've had other other teams, like in 2016, we're like, oh man, Romo went down, we're not really expecting anything, and Dak comes out of nowhere and goes searching and three wins the division. And so that was unexpected, but it was a really good team, and they delivered. They won a wild card game, and then they went to the divisional round. Um, and it's... Actually, no, they didn't win the Walker game. They had a division around. They lost. We got Aaron Rodgers. Talked about that earlier. Um, so I guess yeah, go, going into a year with the hype that was there, with the expectations that were there, with the cloud surrounding Zeke of whether we sign him or not or Herschel Walker trade him or what to do, this might be the biggest letdown of a Cowboys team in recent memory that I could that I could remember. Because, you know, we've had other teams, but like, you know, Romo would get hurt or um, T.O. would get hurt. But never a team like this to where I'm like, dude, our roster is absolutely loaded from top to bottom. Any way you look at it, on paper, we have superstars everywhere. And players that, like you said, other franchises would kill to have. <clears throat> you know, if you could have Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch, and Jalen Smith as your three linebackers, any team would take that over what they have right now. They would take those three. Healthy, of course. Leighton Van Der Esch has a neck issue, but um, healthy, you take those three. Um, I feel like we added a lot to our defensive line. I felt like... You know, this year just kind of it, the stars aligned, and we just choked it, man. You have, you have Zeke, right, coming off of a rushing title. You have, you you sign and you draft this random running back from Memphis, Tony Pollard, who, by the way, has a lot of quick burst and speed, a perfect back to spell Zeke. You have Cooper, but oh, by the way, you have this guy Gallup that you drafted last year who's coming into his own, who Cooper said should be, could be a number one on other and any other team. You sign Randall Cobb and upgrade him from Cole Beasley. Witten comes off the Monday night football desk because he's so excited for this year that he thinks he might have a chance at a ring. Dak's playing for his contract. Garrett's playing for his contract. Nothing is guaranteed. It's all or nothing. We're going all in. And go eight and eight. just come up or beyond flat. Did you go eight and eight? Eight and eight. Eight and eight. We started three and zero. Oh. We went five and eight. The remaining the last thirteen weeks. Yeah, I'm also gonna take it. <laughs> you take it. Um, that's that's so bad. That's so bad. Um, especially when everything ha- everything bad happens. I'm sorry, guys. When everything bad happens. To you had the Redskins or nothing, the Giants going through into turmoil, and the Eagles losing to a punter and kicker wide receiver quarterback combo at the end of the game. Like, are you kidding me? Eagles fa- Eagles players making burner accounts talking about their quarterback and how bad of a leader he is, and how they should have had Nick Foles all along, and then and other people made a mistake. Then they go four and zero win the division, and we fall flat. 
Cool story, bro. Like, <laughs> sounds like a coaching problem. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. What um, else do you want? So my third thing, Jackson, uh, take it or leave it. Uh, I ran Ron Rivera there. will be a head coach next year in the NFL. Absolutely take it. Absolutely, absolutely take it. I feel like if you leave it, you're not paying attention. Um, Ron Rivera reportedly is um, on the short list for a lot of head coaching vacancies. He says he's ready to make a decision quickly. Um, he's ready to make a decision now. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Still got a, kind of a lingering he's, cough he's from my flu. He's got to get in there now. Like He wants to get in as early as he can. He wants to get in. He wants to start assembling his staff. He's ready to go for 2020 because he got fired from Carolina, and he's going to show them what's up. He is upset. He's ready to go. Um, sources are saying that the Redskins have a big-time interest in Ron Rivera. And, no. yeah. And then Ron Rivera, reportedly, is very interested, of course, with the Redskins. So they're supposed to be meeting tomorrow, Monday. You guys have you guys will already know what happened. He could have also be signed. And to me, that spells, oh, no, man. We, we, we had we, in a year where we had Jay Gruden, right? Where we obviously the Redskins did nothing. Now they're going to get Ron Rivera. The Redskins are, I think they fired their president of football operations. They're changing stuff up within the organization, which is exactly what we told them to do. Um, not that we, we told them, it had a, not that we told them it had a phone call. We had a podcast and hope they listen. But, um, yeah, you got the Giants. They're making a new transition to Daniel Jones and Saquon. You've got to assume that their wide receivers and their guys get back healthy. They're possibly going to go with a new head coaching route and fire Pratt Shermer. So it's like everybody else is just going to get better. And we had an opportunity. I'm sorry. We had an opportunity to, to prime opportunity to <laughs> win it all. Lucas. <laughs> and we're back to the Dallas Cowboys. Well, we talked about Ron Rivera. And he's interested in a Redskins job. So he could have it by the time this podcast episode comes out. So therefore, it's relevant. And I've got to stop talking before it gets even worse take it um, or leave yes, it. yes he's gonna have a head coaching job take it or leave it we're staying in your division dog the philadelphia eagles are the weakest playoff team there is this take year. it congratulations you're nine and seven and won a terrible nfc east division you're absolutely decimated across the board. You have practice squad players who are not going to be anybody other than the Dallas Cowboys this year. You <clears throat> you have uh, no wide receivers, no defensive backs. Your tight end has a lacerated lung. Um, it, <laughs> it Yes, beyond the worst team in the, the playoffs right now. I would take the Bills over them. I would take the Texans over them. I'd take the Titans to come in and whoop up on them Philadelphia Eagles. They are nothing this year, and they don't deserve to be in that playoff spot, and that game is not going to be interesting at all. Okay, Seattle is going to go in there and smack them sideways because they, they Seattle could have almost been the uh, like a, the three seed. Like They're that they good. What if they win? Then I don't know what I'm gonna do. If they if they host Seattle and they beat Seattle after what I just saw Seattle do to San Francisco, and Seattle consistently go in and play very like play extremely well, Marshawn Lynch is going to scatter so many Skittles over the Philadelphia Eagles end zone, bro. Like this is <laughs> over, okay? It's done. It's dusted. Just right. send Seattle to the divisional right. round. Last one. We're leaving you now. Um, okay. <clears throat> Take it. A six-seed Tennessee Titan team has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. T 
take it or leave it. A 1.1% chance, but yes, according, have a chance. According to an article on the NFL website, they have a you know, 1.1%. They have the hardest road I have ever seen Patriots, to get Ravens, to the Super Bowl. Most likely Chiefs, Chiefs and then Super Bowl. All <laughs> road games. You're going to play in Foxborough. All right, cool. Upset. I'm with it. Let's get it, dog. All right, let's go. Then you go into the Ravens. Right, maybe into, they're cold. Into be more, maybe. All right, Mark Ingram's waiting for you outside the bank, dog. <laughs> Big trust, he's there. But right. they had thirty-one hundred rushing yards this year. It's an NFL single-season record. They've won their last twelve straight. Lamar Jackson MVP. Big trust. Big Look, trust. After we after we beat the Patriots, and then you're gonna go in and smack Baltimore. Share his notes with us. Mike Vrabel's going to go into his office. He's going to be like, "Teach me your ways, master." All right? Exactly. And it's going to it's going to be like it's going to be like Darth Sidious bringing in Darth Vader and teaching this man some stuff. All it's right? going to have to and be some weird in. sorcery like that. Then you got to go to Arrowhead at the end of January and beat Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Damian Williams and all that they have to offer. And we've done it twice. Albeit an easier game than either at Foxborough or at Baltimore, but you never know. <laughs> then you're going to go to the Super Bowl and you're going to play Drew Brees. If you, I'm telling you what, bro, if that happens, if you go into Foxborough and beat the Patriots and then you go into B-more, all right, and smack Big Trust sideways, and then you go into Patrick Mahomes' house in Arrowhead and beat the Madden 20 cover guy, and then you go into the Super Bowl, right, and you beat Drew Brees and stop him from getting a second ring and mess up the Saints franchise because then they have to get rid of Bridgewater because they're going to keep Brees and they're going to mess up their long-term franchise quarterback, then I will kneel before you on this podcast. <laughs> I will the book. I will kneel before you, Lucas. If you go, if that is the road and you accomplish that, then we deserve something. Stephen A. Smith putting us number one, man. He, right? he better, bro. He better. That that would be wild. So, um, so I've been thinking about this, and here's crazy stat. All right, since 1990, when the NFL, you know, expanded its playoff and did all that, blah blah blah. Um, there's only two six seeds <clears throat> that have won the Super Bowl: the 2005 Patriots and the 2010 Packers. We don't not Patriots. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, yeah, yeah. Heinz Ward was the MVP. All right, we do not have a Big Ben or a Aaron Rodgers, but we got Ryan Tannehill, who is leading the league in QBR, and we got Derrick Henry, and we might not be able to do what they did, but. By golly, we can get close. I will tell you, there's a five seed that did it too. In the year 2007, the New York football giants and Eli Manning went into the Super Bowl against the 18-0 and New England Patriots and smacked them up sideways. That might be the wildest. To win the game 17-14. And Lucas, by God, you might have a chance to do it this year as a, as a six seed 
go if in. If the Titans do that, that'll be the craziest <coughs> run ever. You oh, can't, yeah. You can't tell me there's a crazier run. You beat Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, <coughs> and Lamar Jackson MVP. In the span of five weeks. Whew. Getting chills just thinking about it. Big trust. <laughs> Big trust. <laughs> Um, anyways, that's it for take it or leave. It's some cool stuff, I thought. A chance. Take it. 1.1%. <clears throat> but yes, you have a chance. <coughs> yeah, you have a better chance though. than we do, dog. They would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Um, so, quick recap from our games, our picks from last week. Um, LSU beat Oklahoma. Clemson beat Ohio State. Blah. The Titans beat the Texans. Woo! The Redskins lost to the Cowboys. Yay! The 49ers defeated the Seahawks. The Steelers lost to the Ravens. And the Eagles beat the Giants. Boo. Fly, Eagles. Fly, Jackson. <laughs> How dare you? My wounds are less than 12 hours old. And you come in here and say, fly, Eagles, fly. So the, uh... So... The standings right now are records. I'm sixty six and fifty three. You are seventy two and forty seven. I you got a six game lead, but it's okay. It's time. It's time to change it all right here. <coughs> Let me get out my trusty pen. Where is it at? Stuff's about to go down. <laughs> Lucas is ready, bro. All right. <coughs> oh my god, he got rid of this cough. Too. Number one. Yes. Georgia versus Baylor. I'm taking Georgia. <laughs> Nerd. <coughs> Who are you taking? Uh, I'm actually going to take Baylor. Um, Georgia, right. I have no faith in Georgia's quarterback, and they looked so bad against LSU. I know everyone looks bad against LSU, but oh my, Jackson. They, ju- they look like they didn't... They look like they didn't belong in you the You always SEC. get me on the college games, man. I know that's why you put like three of them in this week, but yeah. Uh, two. Uh, oh. Next game, Oregon versus Wisconsin. Ooh. It's a tough one, honestly. Who are you picking? Oregon could go out and throw up 80. <laughs> yeah, who are you picking? They could also. Uh, I'm going with Wisconsin. If they can get their run game going. I want as I was leaning towards... I'll take Oregon. I'll be different. <coughs> How many games did I say I needed to win? Six? Yeah. I've got two. Let's see if I can get some more here. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots, starting off with our NFL games. This will l- probably be the earlier game. I love you, Lucas, <coughs> but I don't think that they're going to lose two straight games at home in the playoffs. I'm taking Brady. Uh, so I am taking the Titans, <coughs> and I have bet against the Titans. I picked the Buffalo Bills to beat the Tennessee Titans earlier on in the year, uh-huh. and it happened. All right, I care about my record. You oh, do. Your hand. All right. No, I thought I seen a ghost behind you, but it was your hand. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, I'm picking the Tennessee Titans. To defeat the New England Patriots, I don't care about the whole home thing. All right, we went to Arrowhead and won there. We can go to New England. You did, and, and it's the most likely upset this week. And I feel you. I'm just. We can hang. We can make it close. And something can happen. I'll be rooting for you. 
Good, 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 good. I'll be rooting uh, for you. I'm there with you in spirit. I got no one else to root for this off this off season. So good. You're a Tennessee fan. Awesome. No, yes, let's get I'm it. You a Tennessee hat. If you win the bets, you're getting a Tennessee hat. Let's get this bread, bro. <laughs> um, Buffalo Bills at the Texans. Ooh, I'm taking the Bills. Uh, I'm also going to take the Bills. Ruin my chance to get my my games. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll take uh, Buffalo. Yeah, the Texans have not looked good to me. Um, the Vikings at the 49ers. Niners. Me different, Jackson. Niners. Pick the Dang Vikings, it. dude. Do it. No. Yeah. Be different. Take your chance, bro. No, they can't do it. Okay. No way. I'm already taking chances. Seahawks at the Eagles? Seattle, bro. So many Ooh. skills are going to be poured. Ooh, this is a, this is a one that I could shimmy on it. Fly Eagles, fly! Are Jackson. you picking the Eagles, bro? No, I gotta go see Hawks. I was gonna say I'm gonna send you a bag of Skittles, dog. All right. So yeah, so I mean, we agree on three of the playoff games, um, and we disagree on all the other ones. Wait, who's so we agree on three play? and. <coughs> Are we doing the New Orleans game? Or did we already pick them? I'm sorry. I wrote this down earlier. The 49ers have a bye now. Yeah, I was going to say, what? <coughs> I picked it's, the Saints over the Vikings. <coughs> it's Vikings and Saints. <coughs> I thought that seemed weird. My bad. I wrote this I wrote this down earlier before the Oh, before we the found, 49ers before we found out, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm taking New Orleans. Yes, yeah, same, same, same. Gotcha. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, so it looks good. It's looking good. For I'm excited. Should be a very exciting week of football. This whole week, I'm not gonna know what to do with myself. I'm telling you, man. It's a good. It's a good time. It's a great time to be alive. I'm really excited for f- playoff football this weekend. For some good college matchups as well. I am. My anxiety. <coughs> I am anxiously awaiting the LSU Clemson game, um, and then just seeing what happens, man. Okay, so the schedule got released, Lucas. So Buffalo ends at Houston at three thirty Central this week on Saturday. 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 Also on Saturday, Tennessee at New England seven fifteen Central. Ooh. Ooh. Saturday night prime time, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Sunday, Minnesota's going to New Orleans at one at noon uh, Central, and then Seattle at Philadelphia at three forty Central to uh, round off the weekend. Eight fifteen Saturday night, Lucas. Seven fifteen, excuse me. I'm so excited. You you got the primetime game. Everyone's going to be watching that Saturday night. So excited. So excited. Because and I feel like. I feel like the people know and understand that this is a upset possibility. It's okay. You got the blood flowing? You feeling good? Yeah, yeah? No. Get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. Before we close out the show, we did have a comment from Mr. Casey on our YouTube video. I looked a couple hours ago. We didn't have any. He, uh... He, uh... <laughs> Four seconds ago. <laughs> Three days ago. What? 
All right, read it. All right, so it's not really a question, but Casey's just kind of here. Here you go, Casey. Casey's I'm sorry making I a statement. This, by the way, Casey. It's all we good. We would have brought you up at the beginning. He says, "Boys, boys, it's about time for some YouTube. Loving the hats, Breeze and Brady for the Super Bowl. Lucas, do you know Brady is the goat?" It's because he when he was in college, he had to prove it again and again to the coach that he was the best. When he got drafted in the sixth round, number 199, he told the owner he was the best draft choice in this in franchise history. Bros, Brady don't care about records and Pro Bowl trash. Brady is all about winning games. That is, my friend, why Brady is the GOAT. He wanted revenge and wanted to outdo everyone in his draft class and prove to everyone that he is the best. Lucas... Will he prove it once again this weekend? Or will no. he crumble and fall? He's going to lose. He's going <laughs> to lose. You know he's going to lose. He just lost to the Miami Dolphins, so he's probably going to be upset. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. That's why I picked but he's, him. But he's going to have to take those back-to-back L's. All right? All For right? the first time in right? a long it's time. Gotta, it's got to happen. And here's why it needs to happen. Number one, he has nothing. And if he wins and something, and they if they win and they go to the Super Bowl again, Jackson, it will just give it'll give them more reason not to give him any more weapons. He needs some stuff. And the biggest time to show some proof that yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT, but I can't go outside and throw a football to a lizard and expect him to catch it. Alright, now if there's an actual human Even being. Even if there, you do get fifteen percent off car insurance? No. I mean like a trash can a trash can will catch it if I throw a perfect ball. And that's what he's done his whole career, is throw to trash cans. But now he's throwing to people that don't have opposable thumbs. All right? It's time. Yeah. He needs some help. He does need some help, bro. He needs a lot of help. Um, so, yeah, is that it? That's it. Awesome. So, so that's <coughs> it for this week's. Real quick, I just want to say happy, happy New Year's to everyone. Happy New Year's, yes. Um, I hope everyone has had a great... 2019 i hope you look forward to an amazing 2020 i'm hoping we can really get our stuff going yes um we're always trying to make the pod better i would love for you guys to leave some comments some things that we can do to make the pod even better for next year's thing uh yeah i just hope i just hope everyone's got some big stuff planned for this next year you know maybe maybe i'll like do a new year's resolution to lose some weight or maybe i'll you know resolution to gain some weight because i like eating but we'll see what happens. Wendy's four for four, <laughs> my guy. You know That's what I'm it. saying? So. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming out and listening slash watching every single week. It really does make our days. We really look forward to recording every single week. This is super, super fun. We're going to make 2020 fantastic. Um, as always, you guys can find us and watch us and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Uh, watch us on YouTube. Be Feel free to join Casey down in the comment section down below. He gets a little lonely down there. It's just a little thing. We like to give him a little friend every once in a while, keep him happy. So if you guys could be a very good friend, you know, leave a comment down there with Casey so he has somebody to interact with. That'd be awesome. Um, be sure to follow us at Gopher2Podcast on Twitter. Tweet at us if you guys want to send us a couple questions for any feedback. And be sure to rate us on iTunes and give us five stars. We will read your rating live here on the show. Um, I think that's it from all of us, guys. Have a happy new year. And we're getting ready for some real good football this weekend, guys. Real good football. We're into the nitty gritty. It's a playoff time now. Every Can't game wait. matters. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.